0: What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Sean McCormick. This episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, the OPP, is brought to you by Blue Blocks. The number one most important piece of biohacking equipment that I own is Blue Blocking Glasses. The Sleep Plus glasses, which is the or the dope lenses with the with a really dark tint, are the some of the highest grade, highest tested blue blocking glasses on the planet, eliminating 100% of blue and green light between 400 and 550 nanometers. The Sleep Plus are the best blue light blocking glasses available for optimizing sleep and recovery and balancing your hormones, hormones. I don't know if that resonates with any of you. It sure does for me. The sleep plus is, is to be worn two to three hours before bedtime for optimal results after just one evening's use. One thing that you will find is that this sleep drive thing doesn't really click on for you when you're looking at screens. If you're watching Netflix until 10 o'clock at night, 10 30 at night, and you're not walking, watching blue block, wearing blue blocking glasses, you tend to not want to go to sleep because your eye is getting blue light and it's like, hey, it's daytime, so you might as well just keep watching this, you know. Are you still watching this show? Are you still like zooming through Twitter? When you wear really high quality blue blocking glasses like these from like the sleep plus from blue blocks, you are protecting your sleep in a massive, massive way, and you get better quality sleep it it, i'm not exaggerating these are the most incredible piece of biohacking equipment that i own i've had tons of my coaching clients buy these um, because they're hard drivers and they stay up late and they keep and they work you know late usually and uh these are my absolute favorite Um, go to blueblocks.com b-l-u-b-l-o-x and use the code opp for 15 percent off the uh the sleep plus collection is available in prescription and Non prescription. So, if you need specific reading glasses and you want to you know, um, use those in prescription, you can do that. These are insane. You've seen them all over the place. They look dope. They're comfortable for your eyes. You will tell a massive difference. So, go ahead and check those out. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% all natural, open source supplements so that you can live optimal. And as you know, they've been producers since the beginning, partnerships with these guys. Uh, they come in handy, Th- especially my most favorite nootropic of all time, which is called Neurofuel. Neurofuel is a simple blend of open source ingredients that you can actually see what's in it. There's no proprietary shenanigans. If there's no fillers or weirdness or things that make you feel like you're on crack. Neurofuel is a calm focus that works. You just take it in the morning before breakfast and you can literally focus most of the day with, with, a noticeable improve in memory, in speed, in retention, and cognition. I mean, insane! My favorite nootropic of all time, and for good reason. And I and I you know I take it probably two or three days a week because I don't need it every single day, and it continues to deliver. So go to naturalstacks.com, Use OPP twenty for twenty percent off your first online order. I am telling you, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's the it's it's the best. It's the best for your brain. You should go get some for reals this time. You've heard me say it. Go do it this time. On this episode, we're joined by Bob Troya, aka Quantified Bob. And this is all about water fasts. I mean, we get into some other stuff in the second half of this episode. We talk about his breathwork app. We talk a little bit about vagal tone. We talk a little bit about uh, how he deals with stress, but really the, the meat and potatoes of this podcast, or if you're carnivore, the meat of this podcast, or if you're vegan, the lentils of this podcast, <laughs> stop it, uh, is uh, really just about a five-day water fast. So we talk about why he did the five-day water fast. Um, we, talk to, we talk about why he does it once a quarter to give his organs a break. Um, we talk about some tips and tricks uh, we talk about the vagal nerve. We talk about refeed syndrome and how you want to avoid that. If you haven't eaten anything for three or five days and you sit down and have a big meal, you're gonna have it's it's gonna be a problem for you. We talk about Walter, Walter Longo and the fasting mimicking diet. Um, you know, we talk about keys and tricks. How if you're gonna do this to um, boost your immunity, to boost your testosterone, to increase your longevity this there's a specific way you should do it and this we talk about it you know we talk about how 50 percent should be mineral water and 50 50 should be spring water really high quality water and uh we just get into the nitty gritties and it makes tons of sense and bob Troya, uh this is his return visit um he's just ton of he's just used lots of information Blah, it's getting late for me folks Um, I'm wearing my blue walking glasses. I'm starting to get tired. Uh, he's just got a ton of information. He's really wise. He's really, he really, he tracks everything and he's very detail oriented. So he has a ton of really great information. A couple of quotes from today's episode. Um, I saw my sleep quality improve throughout the fast. The fast was actually kicking up my immune system. It was a great sensation. The trick is not to go crazy, crazy eating after the fast when you actually come out of it uh, we talk about working out during the fast. It's just, there's a ton of information about why you would want to do this, how you would do this and setting yourself up for success. If you decided that you're going to try a five day water fast, I would suggest you start with like a 24 hour water fast and then a three day water fast and kind of build up to it. But, uh, tons of great information. Um, so thankful for your listening. Um, follow me on Instagram, real Sean McCormick, Follow me. You should go listen to the Keto Savage episode that I just did, um, the keto Savage podga- podcast. And i might actually ask if uh, if I can re-release it on this platform, but uh, it was a really cool podcast. You get to understand a little bit more about how I do my thing and my approach to living and performing optimally. So um, also go to optimalperformancepodcast.com and uh, and get some free uh, some free downloads and get some more key discounts. Ladies and gentlemen, Quantified Bob. And we're here with Bob Troya aka Quantified Bob. Bob, welcome back to the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: Thanks. It's uh, great to be back on. It's been uh, a little over a year I think, right?
0: Yeah, it's been uh it's been like 15 months. Yeah. Oh.
1: You know we're in this weird time warp right now. I don't I lose I lose all sense of months uh, month and I, week.
0: I seriously thought it was Friday today when I woke up and I and like almost got in an argument with my wife about what day it was. She's like, "Just stop, just stop, just stop." I was like, oh, "Okay, all right." Uh, I, you know, this is a treat—a treat for me as always to be able to dive into what you're, what you're quantifying, what the data that you're collecting, the the fasting, the water fast. The you're you're just you're so good at um, at tracking. And being so goal oriented with the things that you are with your, with your hacks. Let me start with the same question that I always like to start with. I don't know if you remember this from, from our first, uh, first conversation, but what time is it where you are in the world and what have you put into your body?
1: As a, as we're speaking right now, yeah. what time is it? So I am in New York city. It is, uh, just after five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, What have I put in my body today? Uh, Let's see. Uh, In the morning, I had a few cups of coffee with some grass-fed butter in it. Uh, Didn't eat a meal until probably about 2 p.m. I made kind of like a late breakfast. I had some eggs, sweet potato, avocado, uh, sauerkraut and kimchi, um, some chicken bone broth where I put in some extra collagen protein in there. Um, and then what else did I have today put in my body? Well, supplement wise, kept it pretty, pretty, uh, bare bones, uh, like a B complex, some um, trace minerals, uh, vitamin C. I'm upping my C and D right now. Um, uh, little cat bit of K, uh, greens powder drink, but some mineral water. Um, and yeah, what else did I take today? I was going to take. Uh, what was I going to take? Oh, I was going to. Uh, I was going to take some um, a little nootropic pack, but like I didn't. Need, I was already focused this afternoon. I didn't need anything. I don't. It's not. I don't rely on it as a day-to-day thing. It's like maybe once a week. I'll. If I'm in a big coding software focus for like four hours, I'll just put my head down. But um, yeah, that's really been it today. I'm trying to think. What else did I? You know, I'm saving it up for for dinner I mean <laughs> have a nice, uh, nice protein meal for dinner um yeah
0: what do you what are you gonna do for dinner
1: i'm gonna probably do uh, i'm gonna do some grass-fed steak bunch of, like big big salad lots of vegetables um you know probably uh i don't know i'll see i have to wing it see what i'm what i'm feeling with uh you know in terms of uh, other stuff with it but I, I know i've got a steak ready to go <laughs> nice uh, yeah I mean, like, we're gonna talk a bit about fasting, but like, I, you know, when you go for a certain amount of time and you actually come out of a fast, you know, it's like you don't want to start refeeding crazy right away. It actually takes like a good three days before you're actually back. And I, and I still, even it's been it's been like almost a week, and I'll say five days, and I still, I really haven't been eating a whole lot of like like protein, protein, like you know, like I normally eat like a bunch of steaks and stuff each day. Um, I'm working my way back up to it, just letting my gut kind of as you know when you you're kind of reestablishing your microbiome and the flora and stuff and that's why i'm eating a lot of like uh things like kimchi and sauerkraut and taking probiotics i'm I'm trying to make sure that like i'm laying that foundation back down now that i've had this reset and um as as i go in you know my body's able to properly digest things like that um like you know proteins like that are a little little tougher to digest
0: yeah well let's let's talk about it uh the the picture you posted is just like 50 bottles of empty mineral water and, uh, <laughs> such a cool, such a cool photo. And then I went and looked and then dug a little bit deeper. You know, you mentioned I the reset.
1: Was, I think it was 12. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. It yeah. Can you, can you, can you walk us through, uh, what exactly you did and, um, and, and why? And super curious, just take, take us from the beginning. What was the motivation to do the water fast and, um, uh, what you did and why you did it?
1: Sure. Well, I've done water fasts before, um, usually a three day, a three day water fast. Uh, I would normally do that, yeah, you know, maybe around once a quarter. Just it's like a nice little reset, um, kind of give my body some time, take load off my organs, let your body sort of regenerate a little bit. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, if you go back even a few years, I, you know, you started off like intermittent fasting, where I would go essentially 18 hours or 16 hours with no food and eat all my calories in a smaller window. A lot of people are doing that time-restricted time, time restricted eating and things like that now. So, I, you know, I'm comfortable with that. When I worked my way up to like a, a three-day water fast, um, that was more like I didn't really know what to expect. And I probably didn't prepare myself as well as I thought. I mean, I did okay, but there's definitely some things I was like, oh, in retrospect, I should have probably not ate a giant meal right before the fast. I should have sort of working, eased my way into it. So by the time I'm fasting, my body's already like, okay, it's just a little less food than you were having before. <laughs> and, um, and things like making sure your body has proper uh, electrolytes, even if you're doing water. I mean, that's why we talk about mineral water is, um, you can also put a little bit of, um, um pink Himalayan salt or something in, in the morning. I'd have that just to allow my body, cause you're, you know, you're, especially if you're drinking water, you're flushing stuff out of your system and you don't want to lose those electrolytes. You might start cramping or you might feel like pain in your lower back. That could be your kidneys or your, you know, um, just, or adrenals, like you're, you're detoxifying. But I, I started with three day water fast. Then I, a couple years back, I, I um, came across the fasting mimicking diet, which is a five day program that uh, Walter Longo um, pioneered. I guess they have a product called Prolon, but I looked at all the original sort of write-ups that he did about it. that talks about, like, how is it structured, actually, in terms of um, you're basically cutting calories down. on. Day, it's a five-day program. And on day one, you're, you're cutting your caloric load down. Basically, I think it's something like you know, 70% or something like that. And then, or 60 to 70%, with certain macronutrient ratios. And then on days two to two to five, you actually cut it even more. And it's all based on body weight, et cetera. And the idea is that you can get the the same benefits as a, a traditional water fast without just completely starving yourself so some people just like that especially with the prolonged pa- package if they're trying to lose weight and they're doing this repeatedly like month after month like every five days out of every month i mean my goal is not weight loss whatsoever um i mean my goal is we're going to talk a bit about just from the regenerative restorative aspects um for the body uh but i did the five day water um fasting mimicking diet and that was that was a great experience that one I started just like measuring everything. I, I kind of went into it like, what are all the things I could track here? You know, And I was doing everything from not just body composition and sleep to things like HRV and blood pressure and pH. Uh, and, and there's a bunch of things. And, and at the end of that experiment, I kind of was able to look at it and go, well, what are things out of all this stuff? Do I need to track all this stuff when I'm fasting? No, there's certain, certain numbers that just didn't really change is that it wasn't really an important marker. Some things maybe required a little extra like outside um, or maybe cost a little more, like lab testing. Like if you were going to measure certain biomarkers before and after versus things you can get off your wearables, um, etc. And and then when I started, when I did my first three-day water fast, I was I, I, I got basically the benefits. Uh, well, benefits the in terms of like quality of like my ketone bodies and glucose drops and all that were the same in a three-day water fast as the five-day fasting mimicking diet. So I was like, well. I'd rather just do a three day water fast and have to do five, you know, cause eating a little bit of food every day for me, wasn't like, I wasn't craving it or anything like that. Um, so then fast forward, we, we were, were, just like last week or let's say, um, you know, a five day water fast was something that I, I was probably going to do like once a year or periodically, just as again, a bigger, a larger reset. Uh, actually it was, it came up because we had a, a holiday weekend here. Um, and after the weekend, I guess, you know, it was a lot of barbecue and we ate a lot and everyone was feeling kind of like, yeah, bloated a little bit. Like we kind of overdid it. And my girlfriend was actually like, um, Hey, I want to try a, to do a water fast. And she had never done like a, I think she's maybe done a one day, you know, type of fast before she's like, and I was like, okay, well what do you want to do? I mean, you should at least try like a three day because that if you want to start to see if you can feel the effects and, and notice anything different. And I go, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you do a three day, I'll do it with you, but I'll just go five days. So that way, It'll feel easier for you because I'm like, like you're done. I'm like, I still have two more days to go. And so we just went, you know, it was, it was pretty spontaneous. And we just said, okay, the next day we'll start. And I I, I like to start a fast, um, basically I'll eat a, a early dinner. So like, let's say 6 p.m. And then I'll start the clock, let's say an hour or so. Like let's assume my body's digesting. And I'll give about an hour to two hours later, I'll start that clock. And the reason I like to do it in the evening like that is you can start basically sleeping, it just allowed I just like it that way. You can, I mean, you can start it anytime you want, but I mean, some people probably like to start it two hours after, let's say having some coffee in the morning. And yeah, all I did was, um, I, I basically was like, okay, I'm going to drink quality water for, for five days. Um, you, it, I think, I, I think it was about 50% was like mineral water, like San Pellegrino and the other um half was was still water but it was uh like a a spring water good quality spring water and i would just you know and also you like it because you change the texture you know if you're drinking water for five days it's like oh it's something different here i've heard some people like to put like a little tiny bit of lemon or lime in just to give it a little bit of flavor but i just i was just like nope i don't want to put any no you know no coffee no anything else just you know just water that's it and um with maybe like a pinch of I um, think Himalayan salt in the morning when I when I wake up just for some some more electrolytes. But even though you're going to probably get some out of that mineral water, and yeah, and basically that was it. And you go for five days, and I was I was wearing a uh, well, still I'm wearing a continuous glucose monitor on the back of my arm. Oh, yep, same same company. Yep, they're um, they're doing some cool stuff. And um, I uh, I basically was you know just tracking that, and then I was tracking ketones just by taking them. Um, finger stick readings on a ketone meter a few times a day. And just, just so I can see like when, when, cause for me, like it takes about three days for really to see the ketone bodies take over where like your dominant fuel source goes from glucose to ketones. Um, and yeah. And, and at the end of five days, I, I looked at the data and yeah it was great. Um, you know, I did a few things in there that, probably affected, you know, if my goal, if my goal was purely like get the highest ketones possible, which you don't necessarily need. But if that was my goal, I probably would, would not have done certain things like certain types of exercise, things that would actually bring your glucose levels back up. Your body can produce like there's gluconeogenesis. You can produce it. Like I did like a sprint workout at the track and I was like, Oh, my glucose shot up after going down, 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 down for four days. It was like, came back up, you know, my ketones came right back down because my body was like, well, I can't fuel sprinting with, ketones very well so my body your body will figure out ways you know it can produce glucose but it's not sustainable for very long um, versus if I just went for a long walk and you know you can pretty much burn fat forever you know ketone bodies um, with that and and then yeah, that was pretty much you know it's a very simple experiment um, I you know I, I didn't I didn't do the the level of lab work that, I mean this time because I wasn't really I kind of already had insights about what sort of happens in terms of the it's all about the refeed It's after the fast your body goes from this starvation mode to like, Hey, I'm not going to starve and you release all these growth factors. So when I've done previous fasts, like my test, like testosterone, like shot up from pre fast to the refeed mm. uh, cause your body's just like you it, it, just creating all these growth factors. So, um, that was a really great insight. Um, you know, I, there was also, um, just, you know, you start seeing things like, uh, from, HRV uh, starting to really climb as you go through the fast. Your body is basically going to more and more parasympathetic. It's um, it actually my my HRV was like improving each day, and then I went my, I went so far parasympathetic that the uh, the one app I used, uh, Elite HRV, was like, hey, you're so parasympathetic now. That's a sign that your immune system's actually like super upregulating. So it actually was like the fast was was kicking up my immune response. Um, which is good. I mean, again, from a regenerative standpoint, your body's like, Hey, what, you know, what do we need to clean up here? What do we have to do? Um, (laughs) and so it was actually a cool insight, um, with that. Um, I, I did have, you know, other fasts I've, I've seen sleep quality improve throughout the fast. This time it was interesting. The last, um, the last day I actually slept like crap, had, um, some insomnia, um, not bad, bad, but it was definitely like not a quality night's sleep, um, which I hadn't experienced before. But I guess for some people, that's fairly common. Um, I mean, the only thing I would add probably is it could have been due to a lot of things. I mean, it could have been, um, you know, if I was. It, yeah, I don't know. It could have been did the exercise in the afternoon contribute to that in the, in the evening. Or um, could it have been, you know, the, the, the environment like did I do something different with temperature or something in the room. But but the other days were all good.
0: When when you um, – how do you track your sleep? you use an aura Ring or a Whoop Strap?
1: Uh, well, see, I, I was wearing, well, i got an aura Ring. I've got a bio strap, I have a Fitbit. Um, so, I, you know, I, I like second and third opinions on, yeah. on some So I'm not necessarily looking at, like, okay, the sleep versus um, – the deep rent versus RAM versus light because they're going to vary from device to device. Um, I'm really trying just to see. I'm looking for minimal disturbances. I'm looking for, you know uh, – like with fasting, there like day two, it seems like day two of any fast, whether it's a three day fast, a five day fast, or whatever, the second day is always the toughest for some reason. I don't know, and I talked to other people, and they always say the same thing. Like day two sucked. That was because that was where your body was sort of realizing, oh wait, I'm I'm actually fasting now. Because the first day it's kind of like yeah, this is easy, um, but I um, when I got to that day, I, I started um, just really kind of looking at. Um, the sleep numbers off of that. And I, I, kind of saw that like my body was getting tired or, you know, well t- time asleep, let's say, uh, but, you know, the duration and the time you fall asleep, like I fell asleep really early that, that night versus my normal bedtime. So, um, I would say, you know, there was some fatigue definitely. And that could be from a number could have been some, you know, your body detoxifying other, other things going on there. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it was something I sort of expected.
0: Yeah um when you when you are when you're gauging you know cuz i think a lot of uh, everybody who's listening to this probably has experimented with intermittent fasting at least uh, at a minimum but what 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 is the sensation like like is it um you know when you're day 4 and you've just been drinking spring water and um and mineral water like what what is the body cuz the metrics tell us a story right Um, but what, what is the, what's your mood like, you know, in day four of a five of a five day water fast?
1: Well, my mood was always great. Um, that was never an issue. I think there was definitely an element of, as your body shifts to being fueled more by ketones than glucose. Um, and especially as those ketone numbers go up higher, if you're not used to that, you're definitely going to feel like super, like your, your brain sort of lights up. You're like, Whoa, I feel like like, kind of energized, I feel, like, focused, even though physically you may not have, like, like, if I went out and did a long run, my, I might, like, mentally feel great and all that, and I go, out and I, if I was going to go, like, lift heavy weights, it's like, I just, you know, you're just not going to be able to, like, I, personally, like, I'm just, like, I can't do heavy, heavy, like, an intense workout, but I worked out during the fast, like, I, because um, so I definitely wanted to retain lean mass, I wanted to make sure, um, you know, I wasn't just, like, laying on the couch for five days, I, I was trying to be, you know, moderately active. I wasn't, you know, except for, like I said, I, I thought even if I went for like a, a run, like a late run at the track, I, I threw in some sprints or if I was, you know, at home, I've been doing a lot of like banded workouts and that sort of bodyweight workouts. And so that was all fine. And I actually didn't lose, um, you know, when I look at the numbers at the end of the fast and the five day fast, you can, I think I lost almost 10 pounds, but like, but it's like, yeah, but it's water weight, it's undigested food. It's, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a, probably a little bit of lean mass, but then my next workout I did post-fast. I looked at my, like, what I lifted, like what I did the previous workout before the fast, and I, I was almost at the same, like, I didn't really lose any um, any strength. I maybe lost a little bit of endurance. Like, I, you know, a couple reps here at the end, like in the fourth set of, like, a chest press or something like that, but um, but it was pretty good. Like, I didn't really, you know, you, you, it was really just that combination of, water weight, undigested food, probably some fat burning and just a little bit of lean mass. So yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's a sort of a common, you know, <laughs> observation people see. So like I said, I, I did not use it for, I didn't fast for weight loss. And once I've re, you know, even on the refeed, um, you know, it's been a few days now, my weights come back up, just, but not back to where, like, it's not what it was pre-fast. I think I was probably a little bit like, um, like I said, it was after that, like sort of bingy holiday weekend. And <laughs> so I, um, so yeah, it was, you know, I still feel great. You know, you definitely always feel, you feel less bloated. You feel, um, you know, just, it's a great, you know, great sensation. And then, you know, the trick is not to just go crazy eating at the end of the fast. Yeah. When you come out of it.
0: Yeah, I I, I definitely want uh, to uh, talk to you about that. Um, wh- when you were tracking your glucose, where where was the where was it the average during that five days? What was your what was your glucose at? Uh,
1: I would say it got down during the day, down eh, between sixty and seventy um, milligrams per deciliter. So divide that by eighteen for the the metric folks out there, and that will give you the number. But um, you know it's um. The, these sensors are, you know, depending on where you put them on the body, they're, they're auto calibrated and they're, they're meant, you're meant to have a certain amount of body fat. So if I say 60 to 70, I'll do finger stick readings because I'll see like this, depending on like the sensors are always going to be off, like plus or minus. Typically, they're usually a little low, um, but they're consistently. So it's like if you see a chart and it's just an offset, so it might be like, you know, hey, this is consistently reporting with you know, 10 milligrams per deciliter low um or half a millimolar low and um you just have to know in your head like when this reads something it's really just want to shift it up a little bit uh but but you know for me i would say it was between you know, pretty much between 60 and 70 um milligrams per deciliter um when i but when i went and did you know actually like the harder exercise workouts you saw that shoot back i mean I, i'm normally like my, my my normal fasting glucose like when i wake up in the morning or you know is, is probably uh, closer to, let's say 80, um, 80, 85. Um, you know, I, I have a, w- what's interesting is when you wear a continuous glucose monitor and you can then see what happens while you're sleeping as well. So that's another thing. When I slept like crap the last night, um, it's also possible that you go into hypoglycemia, you actually, glu- your blood sugar can drop too low and your body will actually wake up because the, the cortisol, it wants your body to, Basically, it's like your glucose is dropping, cortisol wakes you up, you're going to produce glucose and bring it back up. And um, so you can actually see these little dips overnight, um, you know, probably like for me at like 4 a.m. or something like that, you know, and that can be something that, I could, that if you look at your sleep data, you might see, oh, I woke up there, see, there's a disruption there, and that was related to, you know, my glucose dropped too low. Um, but yeah, and, and so you know, for me, it wasn't about getting my glucose as low as possible. Cause like I, I think when I did my first like fasting mimicking diet, um, it, I think I had a drop lower and you end up having cold fingertips. Like you're basically your adrenals and like things kind of shut down and you, you, you can start feeling like, Oh, my fingers are kind of, I feel kind of chilly. And, but this time I think probably cause I was getting proper electrolytes and just the way I was approaching it. Um, maybe I went into it, um, a little healthier, a little bit healthier than the first time I went and did a fasting mimicking diet. Um, I didn't experience any of that. Uh, my body temperature, my body temperature didn't, um, fluctuate or anything like that. Um, yeah.
0: So what, so walk us through the, uh, walk us through the, the refeeding and when you, cause it totally makes sense, right? You've, you've basically cleaned out, you know, uh, burned through all of this, all of the energy that you needed to, but kind of got through, through the five days. And you don't want to like you know you don't want to you don't want to slam a cheeseburger you don't want to break your fast with a cheeseburger walk us through the the progression of, of refeeding at the end of that window
1: sure so the, to break the fast um, you know you if you haven't really had anything but water for five days so you think about your stomach everything's kind of like shrunk back down things have turned off your digestive processes have all slowed down um, you, like you said you don't want to just slam down a cheeseburger you don't want to eat like a, a giant cake because <laughs> like there's actually something called um repeat syndrome where um you in certain extreme cases like you know someone can like dive you pile on a bunch of calories like really after fasting for long this usually was was seen with people that were more like in starvation and like they gave them a bunch of food and if like, you can't just let them eat a giant meal you actually kill them um but coming out of a fast uh like the first thing i had uh i, I had some bone broth just something nice and easy you can just sip on it um, with a little bit of, um, fermented food. So again, some, some like sauerkraut or kimchi, but like ones that I know have the probiotics in there and, you know, had just a tiny bit of that, um, like maybe like a cup of broth and some of that. And then like I see once how I felt let my body get used to some food in the system, about an hour later, um, had uh, a little bit more of, of that. Um, you know, I, I think I, when I've done a three-day fast, I would some, I would sometimes add in just a few like cashews or a tiny bit of avocado. But this time I did not because I was actually trying to give my liver as much of a break as possible. Any fats and things in the body like has to be broken down. So I was like, I'm just gonna wait till tomorrow to really um, start incorporating some more of the healthy fats back in my diet. I was, keep it very simple for the night. Um, I think later on I had a, I added in just some. Other vegetables, like like eat, again, easy to digest. Um, don't like not kale, not um, it could be like some some leafy like spinach, or um, or you can steam some vets. I think I steamed some broccoli and cauliflower. Just again, very tiny amounts. So really, I didn't eat because again, I broke my fast in the evening. So let's say it was 8:30 when I broke my fast in the in the evening. I'm eating a meal. I actually don't want to eat at 11 p.m. So I, I kind of ate that little bit and I waited till next morning. Woke up the next morning, had a a little more broth, and I worked, by the second evening was when I kind of really had the first, just a a real meal with some real protein. I think I had like a little bit of chicken, Um, just something, you know, again, let my body work its way up before I, so it actually was a few days, probably like two days before I had any um, like red meat, Um, and and that was probably something more along the lines of ground beef or something that's like, again, easier to digest, um, or lamb. Um, and then, yeah, by the third day I was was sort of back in business. So I was, I was doing more, uh, frequent, smaller meals just to get again. So not like slamming a bunch of food down at once. just nice and easy, nice and easy. Whereas normally I, I I typically only eat two meals a day. Um, and so, you know, I was eating much more frequently and now, you know, several days after now it's been, let's see, maybe five days since the fast broke, but, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much back to normal now. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, just again, easing my way back into it. I'm probably a little more conscious about, you know, making decisions about, well, if I can have, you know, if I need to have some carbs, am I going to have white rice or am I going to have like a yam or sweet potatoes? Like go for this, go for the more complex carbs, you know, stay away from the simple carbs. Um, and, you know, just, that was basically it. I mean, I'm I'm still, you know, I still enjoy, you know, bone broth and incorporate that. Like we talked, you asked me what I ate earlier and still doing that. Um, yeah, and that's really, yeah. I mean, a, a fast itself is, you know, I, when, with other varieties, like people ask me a lot of questions about, can I drink coffee, can I have this, can I, you know, someone puts like um, certain flavorings and stuff, and they're like, is that, like, is that allowed? And I was like, well, I don't, you I know, mean, I don't make the rules. It's, I mean, to, me a fast, to me, a fast is just like, it's water, and, or you're telling me, there's some people who do like dry fasting, but let's just say water fast. Water fast just means you drink water, there's really nothing else. And so, I someone made a good good analogy, not analogy, but they were describing a fast where like someone was asking if they could have coffee during the fast. And they're like, sure, but it's not a fast. You're not fasting. It's not a water fast. It's a coffee diet.
0: Uh, Right.
1: (laughs) So, you know, you just have to decide. Like, I mean, for me, I was basically trying to eliminate any, you know, if someone said to me like, hey, you know, know, if you put a little squirt of lime into the water for some flavor, you're not really breaking the fast or anything, you know, it's not going to change the results. So it's like, you know, that's fine. Uh, I just like to keep it, keep it pure. I mean, I, I, I think there's probably a benefit. I mean, what you're hearing a lot of these days about things like autophagy, um, you know, whether it's at coffee, they're saying, actually, you can help promote that it actually accelerates the process. can actually accelerate the, the shift to ketones. So maybe next time I do a, a five day water fast, it'll be actually, uh, maybe I'll, I'll allow myself some black coffee because that actually may um, amplify some of the, it's not going to hinder the effects of the fast. It actually may be, I mean, you mean your body still has to digest that, you know, your digest, you're still going to have some processes in the body, but, um, but there may be some other benefits that we, you know, can see from the, from, if we're going for like the regenerative aspects of, of fasting.
0: Yeah. What else, what else are you uh, what else are you focused on these days? I know that you're you're always tinkering around and and you know your vision is is a ways out on um, quantifying your body, quantifying your physical environment around you. Um, you know, these are these are these are kind of wacky times we're all living in. and um, now is a really good time, I think, to really kind of understand your physiology more deeply, to understand your stress levels and your, your diet and your exercise habits, because now we have the, a little bit of time to really kind of focus in on what, what's best for us. Um, what, what are you kind of looking at now? Like, what's the next, what's the next thing? Like, what do you, what are you blogging about? What are you thinking about? What are you looking forward to?
1: Yeah. Like you said, we're, you know, a lot of people are in this pseudo, I guess, holding pattern, right? There's like conferences and things where, you know, you can only go and, not just see your old friends and, and reconnect with people, but you would be kind of getting hands-on experience with some of these n- new technologies that are out there. And, and now it's, you know, don't, we're not going to have that ability probably for a, a little while still. Um, but, but, but pre pre COVID actually, um, I had, I had built an app, uh, a breathwork app called awesome breathing. And so, my, I, I built it just out of a frustration. Like I, I wanted a tool. Like there's, there are great apps like Headspace and Calm that are like giving that more the guided approach and even the Muse headband. And I just wanted something that allowed me to just sort of dial in my settings. I just wanted to like just do a straight ahead breath work. I didn't need anything from a guided perspective or a journey or any of that, any, any of those types of um, aspects of breath work. And I, I kind of we just launched this. We launched this out pre-COVID. And it was getting popular. It was on iOS and Android. And when this was all going down, I realized like the big thing was mental health. This is this is going to be a bigger mental health issue than anything. Phys. I mean, yeah, it's terrible. Like you know, the number of people that are you know that have been affected by it. But I do think there's also a big mental, you know, the mentally meaning people like isolated people in their homes, people losing their businesses, people like. And so we, the the app was we were selling it for just a few dollars at the time. And I said, you know what? Let's just make it free for now on because i think it's it's a a utility i think anyone can benefit from it and we just released you know we said great here anyone anyone can have it um and so we set it that way back in probably right right in march or whenever this was all going down and you know it's been that way since and um you know the feedback we've gotten on that's been tremendous and that was really just more like a a quick little side project i mean we just built it because again it was I built something that I want I needed, and wanted for myself. But then, when I found out that other people actually, like, were like, "Wow, this is great!" You know, it, it's helping me. And, I, and we get these great stories, not just from individuals who are having like terrible anxiety and are using it as a tool, but um, even doctors who are like, they were looking for something to give to their clients or their patients. Um, just basically say they're going to give. Like, the doctors maybe figured out these are breathing patterns they wanted them to follow, because the app allows them. To dial in the exact settings they want. There's presets in there, like you can go do box breathing, that kind of stuff. But um, but they if someone says you know you want to inhale for down to this tenth of a second or whatever and hold it for this long, you can do it. Um, you know, I I a few the
0: other thing I'm working on. So that's um can myself. I, can can we dig a little bit deeper into the app a little, a little bit? I I've I've got some more questions about it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first of all, I'm curious what doctors are smart enough to be, you know, suggesting breath work to their clients. I don't know. I don't know any doctors that, that, are, that are, that maybe some naturopathic doctors or some holistic, you know, practitioners, but, um, well, most mental health practitioners. Okay. Um,
1: okay. These are, I mean, yeah, there's going to be the like, sort of wellness coaches and functional integrative doctors, but the people that are really recommending it are coming from the you know, they're, they're, they're psychiatrists, you know, psychologists, that, that sort of thing where they're, they understand all the benefits of this. And I mean, I think breath work has moved out of the, the realm of woo and all this to where people are going, no, this is actually, I mean, that's part of the reason I built the app. I, I just wanted something where it's like, it's like a tool. It's like a Swiss army knife and I'm all about breath work. I'm looking at the data. I'm like, I know it works. I know what things work for me. Um, you know, I don't necessarily need the music and the, all the crystals and all that kind of stuff. I just, I can sit, you know, sit down and power through. Um, And, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's become very accepted. I mean, we're even seeing this now in corporate wellness, Um, like all these large companies now are especially now with everybody's working like um, remotely uh, a lot bigger companies. I mean, I have friends who are breathwork practitioners like that are certified and things like Wim Hof, et cetera. And they're, they're being hired by large corporations to run um, online daily, like, you know, it's you're only breathing for let's like, say ten minutes or fifteen minutes a day, or you know they'll they'll do a work like a online Zoom or Skype every day, and yeah, so everyone's looking for that little release. Um, you know, just it, it's really been helpful.
0: Can Can you give us a couple of examples of different? You, you said the box breath. Um, can you give us some examples? Is four seven eight or you know, like what what are some of the breaths? It sounds like it, like you said, it's with Swiss, Swiss, with Swiss Army knife. It can be whatever you want it to be. But like, what are some of some of the like useful um, uh, t- cadences that do different things? He's pulling it up. Yeah,
1: so I mean the the, the, the main the two main the two main um, sort of goals are usually uh, anxiety, you know, just just lower stress, and then the other option would be you're trying to unwind, maybe go to sleep at the end of the night. You know, that's, there. There are other techniques that obviously get you all. Charged up. That's yeah. more like when you go into the sort of uh, the quicker breaths and you're doing breath holds and all that. But this, um, you know, you we talk about things like box breathing. That was what like the Navy SEALs would use a lot when they had to like calm themselves down before like um, shooting a gun or something like that because it gets, brings their everything down. Um, you mentioned four, seven, eight. Uh, I think that's like relaxing breathing, and that, um, you know, and again, we're we're just looking at breath work. These are just cadences, right? Patterns like inhale for four, hold for seven, uh, out for eight let's say. Um, but the, even the way you do that, like are you breathing through your nose? Are you breathing through your mouth? You know, there's like, people do single nostril breathing. There's so many varieties that but if, you just, just said, if you just said to someone like just breathe how you want to breathe, just follow these patterns it just um, just has enough. I mean, I'll, I'll sit and like just do something for just a few minutes and I'll automatically like you'll you'll shift everything just with like a minute or two. Just take like five breaths. I mean, it's it, I mean, anyone can do that. Any any of your listeners, um, and they can sit there and just do box breathing for like, a certain number of breaths or a certain number of minutes, like two minutes, and they're they're gonna feel different. I mean, and you can measure it. Like you can, like, why do you think these all these wearables now have little features now where you can track? You say I'm gonna meditate or I'm, I'm do breath work right now, and then it starts recording your HRV while you're sitting still because it's showing you like, okay, hey, you're at this. This is where you were at pre doing your whatever breathing you were gonna do. And at the end of it, this is where you're at. Um, you know, there's, There are other options for like uh, another anxiety one. So it's triangle breathing. Um, so it's like, four, like say, 4-4-4. Four, four, four. So instead of doing bo- a box, it would be like inhale for 4, hold for 4, exhale for 4, you know, hold. You can do triangle breathing, which is like um, inhale for 4, go right to an exhale, then hold, inhale. So that's used um, when I've, I was doing some uh, ice baths. So, um, there's, there's some folks that are doing like, uh, this one thing called fire and ice where it's like, you're going between a barrel sauna and ice plunge back and you basically just go back and forth, back and forth for like an hour or so. And when you go in that, when you're in the tub, you know, up to your neck, they, they have you do triangle breathing to start as just to like calm you down while you're sitting in the, um, in the ice bath.
0: Cool. That's the first, but, yeah, that's a new one on me. I haven't heard the triangle, the triangle breathing. That's, that's cool. So that, and that obviously... The, the the point there is to not get excited when to do that <gasps> thing when you're doing a cold shower right or a cold tub right is to to be able to keep regular regulate your breathing and, and keep your heart rate down
1: yeah it, it's it's keeping your you know that that gasp that um mammalian dive reflex or that you know thing that people have happen when they go into cold water um but also just sitting in there like um i mean i use other techniques nice baths like i actually because I'm, you know, if you're say you're in, you're you're up to here, right? In water, ice water. Um, I actually hum, because humming stimulates the vagus nerve, and that's a, for me, that just I can stay in there so much longer. It, I I just kind of like settle settle down. I mean, I'll com- I'll combine that with breath work, but I just know like when it's really like really 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 cold, <laughs> when the when the water's down close to the freezing point, um, I, I'll do some light. I mean. People, you won't even be able to hear me hum. It's just like I'm just vibrate and it's like so subtle. But for me, it has a huge calming effect.
0: But what are you humming? Are you humming like uh happy birthday or a yeah, Beatles song? Or are you just... Mm, no, no,
1: mm. yeah. Just basically on my exhale and, you know, take a breath, exhale, really, But really, really... And part, part of it too is that I'm breathing out so slow, it's calming down. But also it's, it's that, you know, I'm sure there's a frequency I'm hitting or something in there that I, you know, it's like some tone, but it's... um. But it's really just the vi- it's vibrating, um, you know, getting the vagus nerve uh, to to be uh, kind of hit with that.
0: That's awesome. I mean, thank thank you for making it free. I mean, you obviously didn't have to do that, but you know, I just I just I have so much appreciation, so much gratitude for a guy like you who is like you know, there's nothing out there that exists that's that's kind of exactly what I want. I'm just gonna build it and then I'm gonna charge a couple bucks. Nah, I'll just give it away for free. Like people need, people need tools. That's so cool. Uh, I, uh, I just, I think that's a big deal right now. I think that, that people do need tools. They need to be, they need to be guided, you know, over the course of the last five or six months doing these episodes and and confronting some really challenging, uh, topics with my different guests. Um, the thing that key, and, and as I do more podcasts out in the world, um, we need tools, we need techniques, we need frameworks and methods and modes to be able to like control our stress or, you know, uh, breathe correctly or for a goal. And so I, I don't know, I, I just, I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. And I, this is the first time I've learned about it. So I'm immediately going to download it as soon as this, this episode's over. I think everybody else who's listening absolutely should do the same thing because if you breathing is, is so It's the first thing, right? Like you can go obviously five days without water or you can go five days without food. You can go a couple of days without water. You can go a little bit without sleep, but you can't last long without breathing. And so it's like the most, it's like the most important thing for you to be able to do effectively to control your body and your, and, and your biology. That's just really cool, man. I I thank you for that.
1: Yeah. And again, for, it's, it's like the cheapest biohack, right? It's free. Your breath is free. <laughs> and, um, you know, we don't have to spend a bunch of money, um, you know, just to breathe. But um, but there is a pretty great community that's um, evolved around breath work. I mean, not just, the, you know, going to workshops like the Wim Hof seminars and all that. There's actually communities of, especially now they're doing it all online, nightly for free. Um, like a good friend of mine, uh, he he launched, the uh, uh, basically it was almost like mixing entertainment with breath work and they were doing that in like in person at first but now it's all online it's called breath church it's like breath church um i, I don't know if it's like a.io io or com but it's not religious it's it's just a good name like they called it breath church the idea was like your meet. you know has music and stuff and but they get on every night um i think it's around like 6 p.m eastern time new york city time and it's free, it's free, basically go on, you get a, you can get, you know, normally you're going to pay an instructor for this sort of stuff. It's all free every night, seven days a week. They do it every night at the same time. And then if you want to get into the technical, like you want to talk the science, get the geek out with like the, the leaders, like the, the biggest names kind of in like understanding the science of breath work. Um, there's another online free thing that happens once a month called Breath Lab. And like we spent an hour and a half last week just talking about the inhale. That's it. Like, what happens when you inhale? Like, all the things that happen in the body with, like, from, and you're talking about practice, and these are, like, going from the leading scientists to um, researchers to instructors and people that are applying it in different ways, and then they, they did one for exhale, did one for the hold, and it's really cool. It's, and it's just people geeking out if you want to get really into that science. Oh, so, wow. um, so is there's something for everyone there, and I think what's cool, is just cool to see how, like, this has become an accepted, you know, the, the, the things that, like, People have always known about breath work. I mean, it's nothing new. It's been going on for thousands of years. But because now the science is being applied to it and the measurement and the quant, you know, we're quantifying things, it's, um, you know, people go, wow, okay, I actually can see what's happening. And that's the way I was. That's what kind of got me into it. it was like, I was always like, I can measure it now. So I can, I, I know what's going on. You know, yeah. I, I'll slap on a pulse oximeter and if I'm doing breath holds, I'm watching my blood oxygen saturation go up and down. And, and that's pretty cool. And seeing how my physiology changes while I'm doing the breath work
0: that's so cool. That is so cool. Breath church and breath lab. I'm going to um I'm definitely going to check that out. Um one thing one one thing that we have I've have not covered this topic in 275 episodes. Um but you mentioned it and and I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't, I don't know if you're a vagus nerve expert or not, but can you talk a little bit about the vagus nerve? Can you talk a little bit about vagal tone? What that means and why that's important to be aware of?
1: I'll, I'll try.
0: I <laughs> know. <laughs> it's not fair. Right. Like.
1: So, I mean, because even it gets more complicated because we talk about the their bodies have these two, like there's sympathetic and parasympathetic, which is our flight or flight response. And the vagus nerve is basically runs all the way down from basically base like cranial area down. It innervates all the way down into your stomach, all the way down. They, they, they figured out how long it is, so it's receiving information from like, all aspects of the body, right? So it, it's um, very sensitive to things that cause, like, stressors or the opposite, things that are, you know, causing comfort. And um, and when there's dysfunction, or, you know, it could be dysfunction in the body or something else going on, you could have a something, a misalignment in your jaw, something could be affecting it, and it actually can shift your body into more um, sympathetic, which is more flight-or-flight flight, um, kind of a state. And so vagal tone is basically trying, is, is all about... The, Improving vagal tone would be like having it your vagus nerve be in that feeling that parasympathetic parasympathetic state and I mean, there's all these techniques, right? So I mean you could go out and go see friends you haven't seen in six months and get together and Their vagal tone is going to shift like just it could be emotional. It can be um, physical. It could be like a hug it could be um, things that cause like, you know, you get a massage you could get um, just Anything that, um, food, you know, all these things affect our bodies, but, um, but we're just, our modern living, we're also beaten down by these stressors, right? It could be the environment, it could be lots of things like that. Um, and, and so really what you're trying to do is get your body to get shipped out of this sort of sympathetic kind of constantly stressed, flight or, you, know, flight, you know, sitting there like doom scrolling on Twitter all day. Like that's not good for your vagal tone at all. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, so. Really, that's um, the research around that. You know, has been going on for quite a long time. Actually, what's interesting is I read a book probably ten years ago, nine years ago, called the Polyvagal Theory. Um, Stephen Porges, and he's now making all the rounds. Like he's he's super popular right now because he wrote this book like nine years ago, and I read it. Didn't you know? I read through it all. It was very te- that first version was very kind of technical. But it was basically talking about there's actually we talk about flight or flight you know, our body can be like rest and digest, you know, or, you know, the kind of flight response. And there's actually a third, like he actually figured out there's actually a a sub aspect of the sympathetic part, which is like a freeze, like animals freeze and paralysis. Um, but it's interesting now because breath work and all all this has gotten so what's called mainstream that the the theories and stuff, he was the, the research he was putting together. Um, nine nine years ago, or you know, he's been working on long before that, is now reaching kind of this, this group of folks that want to understand it better, figure, to understand how they can apply it to things like trauma, um, anxiety, etc. Which is really cool.
0: That's very cool. Uh, Stephen Borges, Porges, the polyvagal. What?
1: Uh, polyvagal theory. Theory. I think he came out with a new edition of the book recently, uh, and it's it's Stephen Porges. I think it's P O R G G as in Gary E S. Cool. I think that's
0: well, I'm going to um, go find him and dive deep, dive, dive deep into the vagal, into the vagal, into the vagus nerve. That sounds cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so with their, you know, with their, the, that's why you're seeing all these companies coming out with devices now to basically using sound, vibration and sound and all these other things to get the body. Cause that's, a lot of the research showed that you can stimulate that vagal. So when I say humming, cause basically what you're doing is you're hitting it with the vibrations and the sound, but there's also devices out there now that are like vibrating on the skin or hit or sending signals to the body in, in those ways. So um you know it's it, 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 again it's really cool to see
0: yeah okay what 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 else what else are you besides everything well what else are you measuring what are you what are you, what are you working on oh let's see i mean i've got a there's a lot of cool uh
1: interesting new companies coming out like um whether they're doing things more on the you especially cuz now things are more remote and so you're seeing remote like lab testing and on demand services remote monitoring I mean, you know, we were showing off our continuous glucose monitors. Now there's companies building on top of that to basically assess, you know, things that I was piecing together manually just a year ago. Like if I was measuring my glucose response to different foods, I had the same sensor, but they're building cool um, tools now to sort of pull that all in and let you mash it up and see like, okay, I ate this meal. This is my glucose response to like, you know, an apple versus uh, white rice or something like that, and then figure out your metabolic health. Uh, there's other companies doing more like uh, test driven biomarker testing. So it'd be like, oh, let's, let's test my, my mineral, like do a, a simple test, not a full blood panel, but like a simple test at home, you mail it in. So it's basically like a couple drops of blood on this little card, you mail it in and it'll say, okay, this is your status, your micronutrient status. So for the next month, we want you to do this like experiment, basically be like do A, B and C and then we'll retest. And so they're, they're kind of giving, they're guiding people through this sort of, um, kind of test driven, iterative, like self-improvement. So it'd be like, they're learning about themselves, they'll try something and, and see how it goes. Um, the stuff that I'm working on right now, uh, I mean, I'm heads down actually, like, building uh, a much more ambitious, um, it was this called, a technology platform. <laughs> that, um, uh-huh. that, but um, it's, so myself and, and a buddy of mine have been working on it for a while. Um, it, you know, it's just based on what we've seen, like, uh, I have a lot of friends who are like uh, wellness coaches and health coaches, and I, I just we just saw like the struggles they're having, not not from a business standpoint, but just from like they're not data scientists. They're you know they they know how to coach people. They, you know it's all behavior. They understand all that. They're they're experts in that, and we're basically you know I, I'm trying to distill like basically give empower th- these folks, whether you're coaches or doctors or whoever, with certain information, but through uh, ways that basically make them look better for their clients, like let them, give them the answers or give them some insights, because um, they're, not, they're not gonna know how to like go in and run correlations and all these other things, but if we can kind of pull in these little nuggets of information about, um, about people. And then, you know, on the user side, obviously, uh, you know, we, we tend to see like, uh, correlations are usually just A, you, you did A, and be happened, but that's not really the true sto- the full story because there's a lot of variables that can contribute. Like some things are be positive, net positive. Some things are net, net negative. So we're just heads down on that right now. I'm probably I mean, next time we talk, we talk uh, something there'll be something more uh, uh, concrete to show. <laughs> but uh, but you know there's a lot a lot of cool things going on um, that you know that I'm not I'm not like really sharing a whole lot in public at, uh, uh, right now. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I just I feel, I feel like um, it's just something that, you know, a lot of people need and hopefully uh, benefit from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that was a nice – that was an effective tease because I'm super, certainly interested and I want to – Yeah,
1: just, if you go to – um, so the, the breathing app, it's all under our company's Awesome Labs. And if you go to isjustawesome.com, like, you'll see some of the – like, we just built a few apps over there right now. The, the stuff we're working on right now is not up there, but you can keep an eye on that.
0: Um, cool. Yo. Nice. Okay. Um, what do you do for stress, Bob? What, what, what do you, what do you take? Um, obviously breathing, breathing is important, but I think everybody's just has this, this, an increased sort of level of resting stress in their life for obvious reasons. Uh, what, what do you, what have you taken? What's what supplements? Um, like what, what do you do to manage, manage your stress?
1: Well, when, when all the this COVID stuff started happening and nobody knew what was going on, it was, the thing was really crazy. And I'm in New York City, and pe- you know you've got people thinking like everything's just going to like collapse. And um, I was keeping a pretty cool head, but it was you know it was but it was pretty crazy just like because your friends are calling you, they're panicked and all that. Um, we you know given that we were just talking about fasting, the best thing I did was I took a I think a six day social media fast. I just, I, know, I, did, I just refused to open, read any Twitter, read Facebook. I was like, I don't want to see all this bull BS uh, misinformation. Like, I, it was, because nobody knew. So nobody, like, so you're hearing theory, theory, this, that, that, and, and everyone's getting so worked up. And I was just like, it's not healthy. And, you know, I usually channel my stress because I mean, I've built businesses and run businesses over the years and been doing so many things that were stressful, right? But I could channel it through, usually through exercise. And um, so what I would do, uh, you know, every day I, I literally was, no matter what was going on, you know, like when people were afraid, like they're cold up in their homes, I'm like, I'm going out, I'm going to exercise outside. I'm going to be out in the sun for an hour every day. I make, I made it like a point every, every like late morning, I'm out, I'm outside like every day, um, just for my own, you know, that helped a lot. Now, you know, supplement wise, I mean, you know, yeah, you can, you could say like things like, you know, my B complex and things like that are helping with some stress. Um, I don't, I don't rely on. I look at supplements, like especially when you get into like nootropics or things like CBD and all that. I, it's like a, it's a tool when you need it. It's there. I can reach for it. And you know, if I want to like throw some CBD in my coffee or I want to take, uh, like. Uh, whatever, you know, types of supplements or something for that. I, you know, you can reach for it, but I, I don't like to, I don't like to all the time. I don't want to rely on it. Um, and so, you know, I, for me it was, I think I hit a. the other thing I did was I, I think I did take a one week, I cut out caffeine for a week, a reset, I let myself reset. So I think, again, that's the extra level. Like what's going to, what's going to add to your cortisol? <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of, I, I did that social media fast. I, I, I basically said I'm going to give myself a break from caffeine, even though I'm a fast metabolizer. I just didn't, you know, whatever. I just cut it out for like a week and worked it back in. Exercise for me, um, you know. I I I actually have been. Do, I did a lot of um, uh, brain entrainment. So I would take like a 20-minute. Like I'm not going to call it a power nap because I wasn't. You don't actually sleep, but you're knocked into this other state. So you're basically using audio or lights. Um, you you lay down. Just lay down on the couch and put on the headphones and you're just kind of listening One, some programs are just like, it sounds like your hair raindrops or something, but there's binaural beats tucked underneath it and it'll just put you into a state. Um, there's other ones that are using more like, um, hypnosis and NLP and things like that, that someone's just talking. And then next thing you know, it's like you come out of it and you're like, it's 20, 30 minutes later and, <sighs> and you're like super mellow and calm. Right. So things like that I think are really cool. Um, they, 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 that's been a great tool for me. That's good. Uh, well, well, you know, it, it, I do you know I do, I do things like sauna and um, Nano V is another device that I, I rely on pretty much every day just to keep my body like just is a restorative sort of tool um, and also fighting fighting oxidative stress in the environment et cetera but
0: yeah yeah what was the name of the of the binaural the guided binaural beat with Nlp
1: sure um there's well, this brain tap brain tap brain tap is they so they you can just download their app, uh, it's free, and there's programs, it just, it just uses audio, but they sell like a headset thing that has lights that will entrain, but you don't necessarily need that. You can, I mean, I, I actually found the, the audio itself worked pretty well. Um, there's another one called Holosync um, that they've got, I mean, if you bought out their whole course, it's probably like thousands of dollars, but I think they give you like, I mean, I'm, I've had the programs for like years, and I'm, all, I'm still on like the second program. Like, <laughs> I, I just like that first, like, cool program. And then I've got another device similar to BrainTap, but it's just, it's just um, tones and lights. There's no music or anything. It's called um, MindSpa, M-I-N-D-Spa. And, and it has, like, 20 different, it's, like, a, uh, 20 programs on there. And so, like, I'll be, like, I want to go theta for 20 minutes, and there's a program that brings you up and down through it. Um, you know, there's that. Um, I, there's also a, there's a free app I have on my phone. I think it's just called Binaural. And you can just go and say, what What do you want to be? You want to be Alpha, Theta, Delta, and you set it. You set the timer, go. And um, so there's a lot of cool like audio tools like that. Um, that I mean, at least for me, I, I know I, you could. There's even some actually. If you go on YouTube, people have made binaural beat like you know, be like a, a still video, but like the audio is playing, and and so there'll be like ones for like they're they're at different tones. So like a binaural beat. I mean, just to I guess if people don't understand what a binaural beat is, it's Basically, if, if you play two different frequencies in this ear and this ear, they will cancel each other out. So if I'm doing like 10 hertz over here and 30 hertz over here, they're going to cross, and then you're going to end up with 20 hertz. It's going to net, it's going to subtract them. And so if you're trying to entrain somebody, the the so you hear like you'll hear like the the pulse rate will be like different in each one, but they kind of synchronize in the middle. And you can tuck it under like any kind of audio. So you can hear someone talking or music and, and it's almost like subconscious. Those binaural beats are playing. And if you're in the right environment and you're relaxed, and your eyes are closed and you've cut out external noise, your brain will entrain into that state, um, depending on what you're going for. So if you're going for like relaxation versus like a deeper sleep, et cetera. And, and it's pretty, pretty powerful stuff.
0: Cool, man. You've given us so many, so many good things to go, go research. Um, mind Holosync, Braintap, It's just awesome.com breath lap breath church <laughs> uh awesome breathing so great you know that you, you haven't you haven't disappointed Bob <laughs> like you're well, just then. like treasure trove of uh of of tools and 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 techniques it's been yeah it's been really great to to get up to date and and I, I definitely want to make sure that um, when it's time to release to the world the thing you've been working on, um, let me know, because I will definitely have you back to, to talk talk more deeply about that. It sounds like something I would definitely like to be involved in. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the, the last question that I tend to ask for, for each guest, and, and I, it'd be interesting to go back and listen to what your uh, other, other answer was, but it's, it's a fill in the blank and uh, take as much time as you as you need to to answer. Um, and this can be just based on everything that you know, which is a lot. <laughs> um, but please fill in the blank. Um, everyone would benefit from knowing.
1: Everyone would benefit from knowing huh I'll, I have to remember what I said last time, so probably say it again. Uh, I would say uh, they're fasting glucose levels. Why? Because type 2 diabetes is pretty much a epidemic in the world, largely lifestyle-driven, and something that you can start catching decades before it gets to be where someone's really suffering. And it's also a proxy to other metabolic conditions. So I think if you keep an eye on just your, your blood glucose, um, it, you have a lot of information, you're armed with a lot of information there that will, um, can guide, you know, or, or give you proxies to other areas of, of, of health. I think, um, you know, when someone goes, you know, I went to the doctor and they told me I had type two diabetes, it's like, well, yeah, but if you had gone to that doctor 20 years ago, I mean, may, maybe they were on their way there, but the doctor just was like, did you cross this threshold, right? A certain number. And I think that's why we're, we're, wearing, it. You know, we're seeing people like us wearing these continuous glucose monitors now. It's like, and people always go to me, like I get, especially when I'm in a Whole Foods, I always get stopped in Whole Foods because someone sees me wearing this and someone in Whole Foods is curious and they're like, you know, what do you, are you, and they go, first question, are you diabetic? I'm like, no. Then why are you wearing it? I was like, I don't want to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: so, you know, I, but, and I think it's a, you know just uh it's a proxy and and i think for a lot of people like that are starting to explore this even if whether even if you have a finger stick meter not a continuous one you're you start understanding things about yourself like what food you make, start making decisions about diet and exercise and other things so i i do feel um it's it's just something that i think if people understood it they would start making decisions about you know whether what they're doing for food diet exercise sleep stress it all it all gets carried it all proxies into that <laughs> so your that, that glucose number I mean it's a it's a proxy to your cortisol response and you know everything else yeah
0: yeah yeah I'm with you on that um yeah I've really enjoyed experimenting with my um, with levels and, and seeing seeing my my resting glucose my facet glucose you know I ate a cucumber at three o'clock a couple of days ago and it just shot up like what in the hell that cucumber just screwed me up man uh you know all the other variables you know i was mellow i wasn't exercising i wasn't you know screaming at my kids or anything like it was a pretty pretty typical day um but it's yeah i'm with you that's it's a really important thing to know because it does really does affect um all the aspects of your life well bob thank you so much for joining us today on the optimal performance podcast
1: thanks again yeah it's been great
0: And scene.